I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard. So on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. Today's guest is Bridget Boyle, Vice President of Human Resources, North America at Roche Diagnostics. Bridget has had a huge impact on the organization through much growth and transition over the last several years. Her journey is one of intentionality and focus. She's developed the strength of redefining her value. As you'll hear in her story, she is perpetually curious, has a strong sense of self-awareness, and has learned that in letting go, she's able to see all of the opportunities. In other words, you've got to let go to grow. Listen in as we break down her story. Well, I have been with Roche Diagnostics for 13 years. And about 10 years ago, Roche relocated me from Tucson, Arizona. And um, I had the pleasure of leading the HR organization and primarily supporting uh, the commercial function under our CEO, And um, it was an amazing, amazing ride for about five years where we were rebuilding the business and working on our culture, um, bringing in new leaders and really turning the business around and and positioning uh, Roche Diagnostics to be the number one IVD um, organization. Um, And we also started to see the um, amazing recognition that we were getting on the outside, like the Fortune 100 Best Place to Work Awards. And, you know, we had an amazing focus on health and wellness. And so, you know, things were um, humming along and I absolutely loved my role and we had tremendous success. And so that was about five years ago. And uh, I was presented with an opportunity to become the site head of HR. And that would um, allow me to take over the back office, the enabling functions of HR, which were, you know, payroll, operations, benefit processing, all of that in addition to my current responsibilities. But the only way that I would be able to do that is if I would backfill myself on the supporting the commercial organization to free me up to focus on um, both, you know, the, the enabling functions as well as the other parts of HR. So it, you know, it sounded like an amazing opportunity, but it was one that I didn't really understand fully when it was presented to me. And that, again, that was about five years ago when I started in this role. And I would say, you know, in terms of your introduction, you talk about, I've learned how to let go of things. I will say that that transition five years ago, uh, almost five years ago, was probably one of the toughest professional um, transitions that I've ever gone through. And the reason why, and it took me about, you know, I'd say eight months to a year to really get my, my head around what the new role was. And, you know, what I found is that it was very hard for me to let go of what I knew and what I loved and what I was comfortable doing. And that was supporting the commercial organization. I loved it so much. I knew the people. I knew the business. I knew it like the back of my hand. And letting go of that and having, you know, handing it over to someone on my team to say, take good care of this business. I've raised this baby for five years. Take good care of it. I've got to go focus on other things was really hard. And the challenge for me was redefining what my what my value would be to the organization, redefining what my impact would be to the organization. Where would I spend my time? Who were my key stakeholders? What would my achievements look like as a as a leader in this new role? 
all of that had to be redefined. And I struggled holding on too long and desperately trying to cling to what I knew was comfortable until I finally learned the hard lesson of letting go and the magic and the beauty that can happen when you let go. Because when you let go is when you start to see opportunities. And that's that's what happened to me is the moment I let go and said, in order for me to move forward, I've got to focus on this new role and where I can add value. And as soon as I truly did that, I, like I shared with you when we met for coffee, I saw opportunities all over the place. And then it was no longer a question of how will I demonstrate my value, but it was what can I focus on first? There's just so much, so much opportunity and so much excitement around. So take us back to that year. You said it took you about a year to get your arms around it. And so you were holding on to the past. What did that look like? In what way were you holding on to the past? Um, holding on to the past, you know, um, thinking I needed to still be a part of meetings, thinking that I still needed to be involved in decisions, thinking that I still needed to, um, you know, really just just understand exactly what's happening in the business and needing to give my advice and counsel. The more that I did that, the less time and the less mental energy and capacity I had to focus on other parts of the business. What was happening, you know, more broadly within HR operations, you know, HR operations, we process payroll for 23,000 people in the U.S. for all of Roche. There are so many other Roche affiliates that were now customers of mine that I was I was neglecting. I wasn't even getting out and spending time with and building relationships with and finding out what was important to them. There was this whole community facing part of my role that I didn't even know could even exist. And I wasn't really dipping my toe out in the community and building those relationships there because I was so consumed with staying attached to the business that I, you know, had had grown and loved and supported for those years. Yeah, you were spending so much energy on the past role that there was no headspace for the new role. So how did you come to recognize that? Did you get feedback? I think that some people would say, well, tell me, tell me, what is the site role? You know, tell me what your new role is. What is the site role? And I found myself struggling trying to describe it. So that was a key indication to me of like, you haven't gotten your head around this. And the, you know, the second piece was, you know, my leader, I had a, a great leader who said, I can't wait for you to step into the site head role, fully step into it, because once you do, it's going to be amazing. And I remember I looked at her and I said, so I'm taking from this conversation that you feel I haven't yet. And she goes, only you can answer that. And I said, well, I'm, I'm pretty intuitive here. And I'm <laughs> thinking that I, there's more that can be done. So there were signs along the way. And you had been involved in the backfill, right? Did, were you a part of, of hiring that individual? And did you have a relationship with the person in, in the role that you had been in? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, she came from the outside from uh, another organization. I hired her. She's, she was extremely capable and smart and excited um, and also very respectful. And so, you know, she would often not want to, um, never once did she say, I need you out of my business. Let me do this. She was very respectful. And, um, and so I think that, you know, that combined with my desire to want to stay involved, you know, I kick myself now when I look back and think, goodness, she could have been off and running a month later and it would have been fine. Everything happens for a reason. 
but you know, I think it, I had to learn that lesson. It was a, it was a lesson that I needed to learn. And apparently it, that was the amount of time that I needed to really get my head around it. Yeah. I mean, you, you Bridget, you are a thoughtful, like really good leader, right? You listen to people, you build strong relationships. So, I mean, it probably could have been a lot worse for her <laughs> if you were, you know, a real demanding my way kind of leader. I suspect that you, you cared so much, right? About that role and about that work. And so that, I suspect that's probably what she felt. But yeah, no doubt had you shifted, right? She probably could have brought more, more of herself just sooner, I would suspect. Yeah. And I, um, I think, you know, now having gone through that experience and, and to, to bring the story full circle now, the interesting thing is, you know, fast forward five years, I've, uh, I've more than stepped into the site head role. You know, again, I have found tremendous, tremendous uh, joy and passion and things that I never would have ever um, imagined that I'd be involved in. Um, a lot of it, again, is, you know, broader HR discussions, my relationships with other affiliates within Roche, the community facing work and the, the boards that I sit on, the partnership with community HR leaders, all of that I have just thoroughly enjoyed. Just recently, I'd say in the last probably six months, the person that I did hire to support the commercial organization has since left. We've made a decision not to backfill her. So um, my role has come full circle in that I am taking uh, my current responsibilities and I'm also now back supporting the commercial organization. The interesting thing, though, is I am approaching it very differently in that I recognize all of the growing and developing that I've done over the last five years, you know, I've also gotten certified to be a, a professional coactive coach in the last couple of years. All of these learnings and all of this, you know, now that I know what I know, what would I do differently? And taking that with me as I go back and, and partner with this commercial organization. That's so good. Isn't that interesting how it all has come back around? <laughs> yes, and, and also my goal, again, is you can provide tremendous value and you can be extremely impactful without being the expert. And I think that is also, you know, as you as you grow in your career and you're leading leaders, that is um, a lesson that you really need to get your get your head around and get your arms around is how do you how do you get impact through others and not needing to, to chase that? It must be me. I must be the expert. I must be the one doing the work. Well, and isn't that consistent with you getting the coaching certification, right? I mean, I, I, I just, I so appreciate that, that the head of HR at Roche is developing as a coach. Doesn't that say a lot about your role in working with leaders and empowering them to be successful? Like that's your priority. That's your focus. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, it's focusing on the person, not the problem and believing that everyone, no matter who they are, has the answers, has everything they need inside of them to be successful. And, and my job is really to ask, ask questions, do the probing, help them uncover things that maybe they can't see directly themselves. Oh, that's so good. And such a challenge for a lot of HR leaders. I had a, a phone call this morning with an HR leader and she was, was so focused on like giving the answers to her. There's her CEOs charged her with something and so much anxiety around, I got to come back with the answer. And I'm like, I don't think there is a right answer. Like, I think your role here is to facilitate lots of options and talk about what would be best for the organization. And yeah, that coaching facilitator role, I think that's that's the place HR leaders need to spend their time growing and developing. 
Yeah, and I and I will tell you. I mean, I, we're dealing with this in the entire uh, Roche HR organization. Are you know what are those new capabilities that we want to um, be building and coach? You know that that coaching uh, competency is so important for the future, whether you're in HR or not, but especially within HR. And what got us to where we are, this is this is why some of us struggle with it, is what got us where we are is because we were great problem solvers, because we took care of things, because, you know, we, we would sit side by side with our leaders and say, let me help you. Let me make this easy on you. Let me take this from you so you don't have to worry about it. But the reality is that is that's not what HR, that's not where our impact is going to be, where it is now and where the impact is going to be in the future. Okay, so I want to go back now to... So we talked about holding on to the past. You recognize through feedback and you were starting to see like, okay, I need to redefine what my value is. That I, I loved it when you said that. You, you realize like, I got to re- redefine what my value is in this new, in this new role. So tell us, about, tell us about that process. How, how did you go about doing that? You know, I think it was um, once I had these these mental like explosions of self-awareness, then what I would try to do is I would try to uh, I, I would not allow myself to go back to, you know, that not allow myself to go back into those situations where I would be the expert. I would be the problem solver. I would be the one making the decisions or have the answers. And so I really pulled back and and started to put myself in situations where I was a complete newbie, you know, and, and so I would go and I would, I would meet with um, our operations leader and say, okay, let's, let's talk about what are some of the payroll challenges that we're having and how do we focus on efficiency here? And I would, you know, want to spend time on the service level agreements and meeting with different leaders from the affiliates to say, how are we doing in terms of the services we're, we're providing? Um, I got engaged in a couple of boards in town, again, where I knew nothing but, you know, as soon as I extended myself and said, I'm, I want to spend time, I'm passionate about the topic of talent. I don't know much about workforce development and strategic workforce topics, but I'm willing to learn. And then wouldn't you know, two, three years later, I've done podcasts, I've done videos, I've done TV interviews on strategic workforce planning. And so I think it's being humble enough to say, I'm willing to put myself in situations where I don't know everything and being curious enough to ask a lot of questions and being brave enough to, you know, not not be the smartest one in the room and not have the answers and to sometimes ask the dumb questions. Yeah, it's interesting how there's such freedom in that. And yet that is so hard. It's such a hard thing to get to as a leader, you know, because so so much of the early phase of of leaders' careers is about proving yourself and having the answer and yeah, then, but but what I hear you saying, Bridget, is in order for you to be successful in this new role, like you've got to put all that down and get results through others. Yeah. And so in the past, you know, when a leader would come to me and say, you know, what, what should we do? Or I have this challenge with this person in the, in the past, I may say, okay, let me take care of it. I've got it. I know just what to do. And at the end of the day, as I was laying my head down to go to sleep, I would say, I did a good job today. I made an impact because I solved this problem. Fast forward. And so, you know, now it is, what are the questions that I can ask that can either get that leader to think, you know, what are all the different scenarios? What may be some, some unconscious biases that could exist? And how do, I, how do I ask those questions? How do I, you know, help them see different perspectives? Who else can who else can they get exposed to and talk to to get a different perspective? And really, I mean that 
you know, it's, it's coaching, it's asking questions, it's being curious, and it's helping, you know, weigh some of the options. But ultimately, it, the role and the value and the impact looks very different today than it did, you know, in the past. Well, and fast, you know, fast forward five, 10 years, it's going to look different again, isn't it? I mean, I think this, this competency of redefining your value, I think that's an ongoing part of our journey. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, as a business, we're, we're all going to be going through that now. I mean, as we're transforming organizations and transforming um, how we go to market and how we interact with our customers. So it's this whole mindset of how can I get comfortable redefining the value that I bring and redefining the impact? You know, we're all really caught up in what's my job title? How many people do I lead? How big is the organization? And we are going to need to get comfortable that that will likely look very different. And that, again, it's not about the size of the organization you lead. It's not about the number of people that report to you, but it is about what skills you have, where are you really strong, and how do you help an even broader population than just the people that are in your organization. And that's what we're, we're really trying to look at at Roche within HR is how do we tap into all of the talent that we have globally and, and nationally? And how do we tap into that talent and deploy it where it needs to go, depending on what the business needs are versus, you know, only being able to access the organization that sits with you that, that has supported you for years. Yeah. So that that agility and being able to connect talent with the need when you, when it's, when it's necessary. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly it. But it's, it sounds great in theory. (laughs) So how are you doing that? What's, what does that look like? (laughs) Well, I have a feeling that um, just as I said, I did this five years ago, I went through that, that change curve. I have a feeling I'm on uh, another change curve is on the horizon. No, I don't have a feeling. I know it is. And, And so I am, I'm really reflecting on, um, what did I learn through that experience that I can now apply? And I think it is, again, it's, it's like, what did I, you know, I mean, I, I told you when we met the visual that I, that I had when I was going through that was me holding on to, you know, me being on a tightrope and I'm holding on to a rope above me and I'm desperately holding on because I feel like if I, if I let go of this, I'll, I'll lose everything. I'm lost, but I have to let go of that rope in order to grab the rope that's hanging in front of me. I can't reach the one in front of me unless I let go of the one behind me. And that's a great analogy because that's so freaking scary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I have physically done this. And the reason this is so vivid to me is I physically did this at a, at a a place I visited in in Tucson, Arizona, where it's a, it's a ropes course that they take you on and it's kind of overcoming your fears. But I remember that moment of saying, okay, Bridget, this is it. Let go, let go and grab for that other rope. But what you what you don't realize is how how exciting and amazing and wonderful it is once you let go and you and you grab that other rope, but it's just getting to that point of letting go. So I'm taking that experience and I'm applying it to where I am now to say as we transform in HR and as we again look for ways to redefine our value and our impact, how can I be ahead of this curve rather than being the one that is struggling and six months behind and eight months behind holding on to what I know. Well, and recognizing that it is so scary to let go of this rope and grab onto another one. Like there's, there's gotta be grace and coming alongside people through that. Cause everyone's jumping off point is going to be different, isn't it? I mean, there, there will be some folks who naturally want to grab onto the new rope and go and go. And some who are more process oriented, more risk adverse, 
So how are you coming alongside folks, helping them with that transition? Yeah, I think for me, what what several people have said is keep sharing your learnings, keep sharing your experiences, be vulnerable, uh, be authentic to who you are, and and also just really be observant. I mean, you know, I'm watching for those signs of where of where my colleagues are. Um, there are some, you're right, that are running ahead that are so comfortable with ambiguity and so comfortable with change that they run towards it. And, you know, also watch for the signs where people are are kind of in that wait and see. They're quiet in meetings. Maybe they you don't hear from them as much. And and you shouldn't always assume, oh, they're not engaged, they're not on board. I think everybody processes it, processes it different. And so and that's where the coaching skills come in. It's like make time, make time for your colleagues. Ask, how are you doing? You know, how are you feeling? Um, what are you seeing? What questions do you have? Those are the types of things that now more than ever during these times of change that those conversations are so important. Well, yeah, just in, in, in coaching them, they feel cared for. They feel heard. They feel validated. They And they feel safe. They're in a safe place from which to talk about how they're feeling. And those are all the things that are going to help with growth and help people through that transition. Yeah, and it's interesting. Sometimes you say, well the people that you assume will be running towards the change and will be the change leaders sometimes surprise you. And they, some of them are the laggers. Sometimes the ones that you said, Oh, they'll never be on board. They hate change. They're some, they just sometimes shock you because they, they just kind of rise to the occasion and and they're so graceful and, and say, I'm, I'm going to lean into this. So let's, let's answer the question then. How, how can I get comfortable redefining my value? That was the question you posed. And You've given us some really good practical takeaways. I've heard I've heard getting curious is a big part of that, asking lots of questions. I also have heard you say being humble enough to know, like to not know and to not have the answers. So what would you add to that? Um, well, I would say, you know, something else that was so helpful to me, we've talked about it a couple of times, but um, I knew about two years ago, there was, there was definitely was getting clearer and clearer what are those competencies that are going to be critical for HR in the future. And, you know, when I think about what some of those are, coaching was right at the top of the list. So coaching, um, really being comfortable with this, like, you know, topic of agility and agile ways of working. Also thinking about change and, and transformation, a heavy focus on talent and organizational design, Those topics are really emerging as being key competencies for the future, being able to paint a vision, being visionary for the organization, helping them to see, imagine if our organization looked like this. Imagine if we, you know, interacted with our customers like this. Those are the types of skills that are critical. And so something else that I would say is really be clear on what those competencies are um, that are becoming increasingly more important for your field, for your role. And then invest in yourself, put yourself out there. And, and, you know, one of the things I did is I went and got my coaching certification. It was an 18 month long process. Um, It wasn't easy. I went into it a little arrogant thinking I've got this coaching thing down. I'm, I'm a leader with 25 years of experience. I'm going to show them how it's done. The reality is I had no idea really what coaching was and I was doing it all wrong because I was focused on problem solving focused on giving advice. And wow, that was a humbling experience being in, in coaching certification with peers from all around the country and 
not being the expert at all. In fact, being pretty darn bad at it to begin with. It's a humbling experience, isn't it? I mean, I feel like through my coaching certification, it broke me down. <laughs> oh yeah, there were there were many tears. <laughs> so, but that's that's when growth happens, right? That's when growth happens. Well, good. So those two additional things then you added to how can I get comfortable redefining my value? So recognizing what the competencies are that will drive success in your field in the future and investing in yourself, taking time to develop and grow and giving yourself grace, allowing yourself to be a student again. Like the, the more I free myself from knowing, the more open my brain is to take in new. There's there's such a freedom in that. And isn't that right? Imagine I love being around leaders like you. Yeah, imagine how much we we miss every day when we're working on things that we we believe we're the expert in, right? And so it's like we we know all the answers, and so we've stopped being curious, we've stopped asking questions, we've stopped learning. And so, yeah, I would, I would highly encourage people to, to put themselves in those situations where they're a student again. There's something else that you do, Bridget, that's a practical takeaway, and it highlights a real gift you have as a leader. And I, I'm, I suspect that you're aware of this, but just something I've observed in all the conversations I've had with you, you always start by seeking to understand what's going on with the person in front of you. You know, you, you always start with how are you or what's going on in your world? And and then you are so good at connecting the dots. And that is such a powerful relationship builder and such an easy thing for people to remember, you know, just starting with a How are you and what's going on? And that shows care, that curiosity, and that gives you insight and understanding that you can use in the conversation. Yeah, I think I've been that way my entire life. My family will probably tell you it drives them crazy how curious I am. I ask a lot of questions. My coworkers probably would say the same thing, but I've, I've always been interested in people, what makes them tick, um, what's important to them. And so that leads me to ask questions and to be really curious about people and to, and to want to get to know the person behind the face and really try to build a connection there. Well, and no doubt it's been a big part of your journey and where you are today, you know, because that is so refreshing. And those are the kinds of people that we want to be around that lift us up and ask us questions about ourselves and help us feel valued. So thank you. Thank you for modeling the way there. Well, thank you. So if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice, so go back to five years, hard transition, what piece of advice would you give yourself? It's almost like I think that what I would do is I would say, do the opposite of what you think you should do. And so I, if you feel you should hold on tighter, if you feel you should lean more into what's comfortable and what's known and what makes you feel you know, like you're giving value, it's almost like do the opposite. And so that means lean away from that. Seek out those opportunities that you have been avoiding or that seek, you know, seek out those people that make you uncomfortable, that challenge you, that get you to think differently. That, that's the best piece of advice that I can think of now that I will personally follow. Stop seeking comfort and start seeking those opportunities that will grow you and stretch you because that's what's helped transform my leadership over the last five years. It wasn't the, the year that I kind of wasted holding on. Yeah, that's good. Thank you for sharing that insight. If our listeners want to connect with you, Bridget, what's the best way to do that? 
Oh, I uh, LinkedIn would be a great way. Um, just, yeah, send me a LinkedIn request. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear from any of the listeners. Great. Well, thanks for being on the show and sharing all these incredible insights. You've really helped us to, to understand how to redefine our value and what that looks like with a lot of great practical takeaways. So thank you. Thank you, Andrea. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a Being at Work story.